Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. Okay, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Nicks? What the fuck, Aristas? This is Mark Marin. This is WTF. This is a weird way to open. I don't know. It's, uh, it felt like my timing was off right there at the beginning. Right from the very from the get-go, my timing was off. I don't know. I guess I'm a little preoccupied. It is Memorial Day. I like to uh, send my thoughts, my love out there to uh, people who are remembering people they lost in uh, any number of great skirmishes and battles and wars, for better or for worse, that this country has been engaged in. So my thoughts are with you people. It's also a strange Memorial Day day for me today i'm sad man i'm sad today i had a situation here at the house over the weekend and it was difficult you know i had this stray cat one of uh two or three probably actually three or four that come around here to eat and i i don't mind feeding them you know i i have my own feelings about feeding them but i feed them i don't like all of them a couple of them are annoying. There's a deaf black cat out there that keeps giving my boomer a hard time. And there's nothing I can do about it. These are stray wild cats. And he's deaf. And it's weird. And he's black. But that's, you know, that's not a racial thing. It's just a bad luck thing or something. It's a black cat. And it's deaf. You know what? It's not the point. There was one out there I've been feeding for probably a couple of years now. Black and white cat. A sort of a medium long haired cat. Had a black and white face, looked like it was wearing a mask, like a black mask over her, what I thought was a, a her, her face for a long time. And well, a week or so ago, this cat showed up. I hadn't seen it in a bit, but it showed up just nearly emaciated and not grooming itself and covered in dirt. And what I later grew to realize was snot. And uh, it's it's horrible. When you have a stray cat, this is a wild cat, you can't touch the cat, and it's ill. It's clearly ill. It's howling. It's uh, it's only eating wet food. It's not eating dry food anymore. It's not moving much, and I couldn't get close to it, and it looked ill. So I had to get uh, get to a, I had, I had Sam, my assistant, pick up a trap at a vet, and, we, and uh, I trapped this black and white cat because I was going to bring it to the vet to get it fixed, to get it uh, better. To make it okay. Um, and I brought the cat in. And the cat got all its tests. And uh, it turned out it, you know, he thinks it had a very bad upper respiratory infection. Okay. They're going to give it some fluids. Give it some antibiotics. Clean up its face a bit. And then uh, I told him to keep it overnight until the rest of the tests came in. And I, I went in the next day. And the cat's got uh, FIV. And it was a difficult decision because the cat was clearly already getting ill. I can't touch the cat. But look, I'm the kind of guy I'll like, all right, it's sick, but it could live a while. Let's let's just have him around a little while longer. Turned out it is a he and he had been neutered at some point. Let's just have that cat around a little while. And uh, I'll try to give it an antibiotics, but I can't guarantee anything. I can't let it in the house. Doesn't want to hang out. Uh, there's no way for me to take care of that cat. I told that vet that. that. 
And he said, well, I mean, I think uh, maybe the best thing to do is euthanize the cat. And I'm like, but I heard the cats with FIV, they live a long time. And he said, but I don't know. I don't know if it's, this is the beginning, if it's ever going to get over this uh, infection. It's pretty bad. And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I, it's not my cat, but I'm used to having that cat around. I've got a relationship with this cat. You know, it's a, it's a bit codependent. It annoys me a little. A, he's a little entitled, but, but you know, we've worked things out. Certainly, you know, I, I, I like having him around. He said, well, it's up to you. I don't know that you're going to be able to, to get this cat its medicine. And every time I would have had to bring the cat in, I would have, uh, you know, had to trap it all over again. If it stopped eating, it wouldn't even go in the trap. And then he said the thing that, um, you know, made me really make the decision, which was that, you know, when this cat does get sick, it's going to go somewhere alone and take about a week or more to die by itself. So, um, so I, I said, well, then I guess we better do what we got to do. We better euthanize this cat. So that happened. And, uh, it's a weird decision to make. I've actually, as long as I've been dealing with animals, have never made that decision. My mother usually, usually made that decision when I was growing up, but it's done. Um, and I feel bad. And, uh, yeah, I talked to my neighbor's wife and when I was trying to figure out what to do, I asked my mother, I asked Dave Anthony from uh, the walk in the room guys. You know, I, you know, cons- uh, counsel, did counsel with my, uh, my girlfriend. I asked my friends, you know, what am I going to do? And uh, Sharon from next door, you know, she's like, well, I, I don't, I would not do it. But then again, um, that may not be the mature decision. And then after I did it, I told her what I did. And she goes, well, that that was the mature decision. So sometimes you got to do things that, uh, you know, go against your heart or that you might not be able to live with for a little while because it was the right thing to do. I think it was the right thing to do. But I'm selfish in that I would have, part of me would have rather had the cat around for as long as it would have taken to have died. And then one day I would have, wondered where the cat was and then I would have thought like well I wonder if that cat uh you know is coming back around and then there was a good chance that that cat would just go off by itself and die a miserable painful starvation and sickness death that was inevitable I don't know when it would have happened but it was inevitable I feel like I made the right decision right now talk to me in five minutes but on a lighter note, I went to see the Avengers, and uh, I, you know, they they did an amazing thing for the uh, planet in that movie. I enjoyed that movie a lot. It was very engaging. I felt uh, a lot of empathy with the Hulk, which you don't usually find. Uh, I could relate to the Hulk a little bit. Uh, is that what you're supposed to come out of those movies with? But that movie took my mind off of the, for a little while. But ultimately, I'm still haunted, not by a by a superhero wearing an outfit or a mask, but by a little black and white cat that looks like he was wearing a mask. I'll get over it. Oh, but him bum you out. We got a great show. We got Bo Burnham. Been wanting to talk to that guy. He's a young guy. We were on the green room together. And, uh, you know, I, I look, I am who I am. Yeah, I'd kind of, uh, I kind of condescended to him, but I'll tell you, you know, we had a great conversation. It's a good kid, this kid. Smart kid. Talented kid. Hope you enjoy the talk. 
Bo Burnham. Sweet. The mighty Bo Burnham. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we've ever really talked. No, no, not a, not a good talk. Well, uh, not, not a talk, I don't even think. No, we ran into each other at the taping of The Green Room. Yeah, and then we had the taping, but that's not a that's not a talk. Right, and you took a couple shots at me. That was well, all right. No, well, it was a, nice. It was, it was you right. You took shots at me. It's a quasi No, it was all in good fun. You know, you know. It was all in good fun. You had, you had an axe to grind with the old timers. I was defensive there, I think. I was... Um, you know, a bit worried, defensive, and self-conscious, and well, I may have lashed out for the purpose of um, entertainment. You mean you did comedy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In so many words. That was about the best description of doing comedy I'd ever heard. It was a bit defensive, and I lashed out for the form of entertainment. Oh, that should be on my business card. Do you live, you don't live here, do you? Yeah, yeah, I just moved a couple months ago. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. From Massachusetts? From Boston, yeah. My parents' house. From your parents' house. Yeah. And you're like 12? How old are you? Uh, 21. Flip them. Okay. 21. 21. 21 years old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're kind of a gifted guy, I think. Oh, uh, well, I'm 21 and I do comedy, yeah. Yeah, but no one just does that. I mean, uh, you grew Okay, so you grew up in... You didn't grow up in Boston, did you? I did, yeah. I in did. the city? No, 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 no. In the suburbs, uh, like 30 minutes north. Where? Uh, Hamilton, Massachusetts. It's I know, I know the region because I started there. Oh yeah, yeah. I probably did a. Uh, I probably did some sort of. Is there a Buzzy's Pub or a Joe's no, Grill? No, no, or... no, no, no. There's um, and I think I no, I saw you mention it somewhere. Uh, the uh, at Kowloon's at the oh, Chinese yeah, restaurant. Sure. Kowloon's yeah, in yeah. Saugus. Yeah, in Saugus. <laughs> so you're close to Saugus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How the fuck did you grow up in that area and not get your ass kicked all I, the time? I know. I I got close. I know. It's very um masculine area and i have my problems with masculinity yeah i mean i'm not gonna say anything yet i mean you know yeah no, i got what? you <laughs> no i got you i i'm loud and clear i've heard it i'm not oh no i'm not I'm, 20, I'm 21 years deep of this so are you really oh so, yeah so you're always sort of uh what what do you what, what do you think your problems with masculinity are i don't know i hit puberty really late really and uh yeah, like yeah recently yeah, yeah well now <laughs> It's happening. Yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm peripubescent <laughs> at the moment. But yeah, no, no, no. I hit puberty very late. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you grow late too? Yeah, yeah. It was my my freshman year of high school. I came in. I was like five six, one oh five. Really? Yeah, it was terrible. And then my sophomore year, I probably gained five pounds and six inches. And uh, I remember I was in an all boys Catholic high school at uh, Saint. Well, that John's doesn't Pratt. help anyone's sexuality. No, it doesn't at all. Yeah, and I remember being in uh, a class and rolling up we had to wear khakis and long yeah. collared shirts yeah I remember rolling up my uh pants like because i had a band-aid somewhere and yeah. my teacher asked in front of everybody do you shave your legs really and uh that was, was that a nun uh no it was a um 50 year old man well that's even worse yeah very nun-like. Though. How, what was the tone of that question? <laughs> it was, you know, the worst part is it was honest. Oh, really? It was like completely genuine and oh, everybody really? laughed. And he didn't even notice what that could have been. Now I- How'd I, you respond to that, Bo? I- uh, Did you lash had, out defensively? I said, one, the, one day I'm going to do comedy and you'll in the, see. In the form of entertainment? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> learn that. Lash out defensively in order to entertain people. No, I wasn't really that. I wasn't like the class clown or anything. I was sort of just silent in the back. Judging people. Well, that's when I saw you first at the improv. I'd known about you because you, you know, represented something that usually bothers me. Yes, I know. I know. I know you know. Like, you know, it's like, oh, this guy's an internet sensation. He plays yeah, yeah. songs, sings funny yeah, songs, yeah, yeah, and yeah, everybody yeah. loves him. Yeah, yeah. And then the first time I saw you at the, at the improv, you were literally just busy becoming a wall. 
you, you were just sort of mm-hmm. like you know mm-hmm. like you had that vibe of like that dude's like um he's not he's socially awkward and he's always been like that mm-hmm. i decided yeah, when, yeah, am yeah. i wrong yeah totally that if that's what, when you first I'm saw right? me I think you're totally right. That's why I was busy being. I was like, I was putting up a wall. I was, um, I was sort of. I, I love like Zach Galifianakis and all them back then. Yeah. I was sort of discovering alternative comedy, mm-hmm. and I had seen the wall that Zach had put up, and I thought that I could just genuinely put that up. That that same distant sort of like almost like nihilistic wall thing. Right, but, but I, he I brings really, a lot of cuteness to and it. And he's and he's <laughs> and he's way more advanced in his writing and doing that. And mm-hmm. I was just to, sort of doing that to shut off what I honestly was. Right. As a defense mechanism, so it wasn't. Um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't that honest and it was exactly sort of Well, you, what I you didn't were see saying. you on stage. You were just sort of like, you know, I could oh. tell <laughs> Well, yeah, that too. No, I mean like it had nothing to do with your stage presence. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. interesting though. You were just sort of like not interacting much. Yeah, well, I, I I was terrified back then. I still am a little bit scared in the clubs. I feel like I feel that same I feel I feel exactly what you're saying and that I'm young and I feel that uh, I, 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 no, I don't think anyone hates me more for being young and an internet sensation than me. I, I do, I do honestly think that. I really do. I really do. Um, but, uh, yeah, I sense all of that. And then it's also, it's a bit of a boys club, so it brings me back to, you Saugus. know. <laughs> bring to Hamilton. To Hamilton. Mm. No, because, like, I swear, I mean, I, I, the, you know, I spent time in Boston, and I've never met a more aggressive masculine town yeah that it's just in the there's that accent of like fuck you you know you yeah. fucking fag yeah of you course know? and i can't imagine that someone who is uh you strike me as a very sensitive guy intelligent guy yeah it must have been a fight that you had to fight the whole time is that why your parents put you in catholic school to well i guess they're there too aren't they well it was like a decent school my mother was the nurse there so i was able to go for free which i wouldn't have been able to go to if she your mom was a school there. nurse yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's now a hospice nurse. Uh-huh. So she upgraded from throat lozenges to uh, uh, to like severe uh, death constantly. Well, that's a that's a booming business. Yeah, it is. It's weird uh, that you know hospitals. It's it's the new thing. Yeah, and like there's very few um, actual buildings, like hospice buildings. Hospice nurses usually things that are just being people mm-hmm. that are being sent out. Right. But she's in like this giant building which she takes care of like 10 people the average stay is two weeks. Oh. I mean, she's just seeing like four or five people die a day, and then she comes back home and. How long has she been doing that? Uh, like three years or so. Is it weighing on her? Yeah, well, it's pretty incredible. Like um, a, a year or so in, she um, forgot the president's name and she went into the doctor's thing. She was having brain problems. And then her boss was like, no, this this is just what happens. You, um, you, you're blocking out so much of what you see that some facts are going too. This is very wow. natural. Yeah, yeah. It's really incredible. I, well, I, I'm hoping one day I could write a story about it or something. I mean, I don't think I'm mature enough now, but. Uh, it's 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 really unbelievable, and they're all. What's incredible is they're all these like little mid middle aged Boston women that all see me. And they're like, "Oh, Bo, you're out in Hollywood! Oh, congratulations!" And I know, like, when I leave there, that they're these incredibly like heroic and strong women. And I think it it's so interesting because it represents like all of the things that I think feminism, like all the things that feminism has been trying to break out yeah. women of of gender roles of being nurturing and all yeah. this. But rather than a sign of weakness, it's like the most heroic and fearless and like warlike state of what is so naturally uh hospice female yeah 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 yeah. it's incredible they're all women they're all women yeah and well i mean to know that and also the service they're providing so people don't die alone yeah and 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 and, and what's incredible is she's like 
li- quite literally a, a guardian angel to these people, to hundreds of people. I've been with her in a diner where people have come up and started crying and being like, Patty, thank you so much, thank you so much. And they leave and she's like, I don't remember them because there's hundreds so many. of those people, you know. Yeah. She's more of yeah, like a she, metaphor to them. You know? But she also, is inc- she also is incredible at that. Right, she is, she, she's unbelievable. She can't that. rightly say like, which one are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see a lot of yeah. people go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was old, cancer, no, yeah, still, no, still no. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to remember. Give me a name. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So wait, were you uh, close to her uh, all through your life? Yeah, you, yeah, very, very close to her. You seem to speak reverentially, reverentially of your parents. I don't always encounter that. Yeah, yeah, I do. I, yeah, I, I do. And my mother's very, very sensitive and I think a much better person than I am. Yeah. Uh, my father was a, uh, is very masculine. He owns his own construction company. He oh, played no. like, he played, um, you know, football at Tufts. But, and I, so I played football all to eighth grade. And then I decided to be in theater and do plays. And I did like a Winter's Tale in uh, some summer theater, like a three and a half hour long, uh, you uh-huh. know, one of Shakespeare's more yeah. tedious yeah. plays. And he came like three times. So really? we actually, yeah. So I, w- and again, this is something I maybe tried to articulate to you in the green room is that I had this, at the beginning, I had this resentment for having a strong foundation around me. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I, I, I envied all the pain that everyone went through. And, um, what you mean in comics? Yeah, a bit. Yeah, but, but then I, I but then I experienced my own pain in being no, uh, isolated. I, well, no, I think you you underestimate your uh, sensitivity. I mean, you know, I I can't. I mean, pain's relative. And, yeah, and yeah, comics, totally. Comics are whiners. Yeah. So it's not like you know, very rarely is you know is a comic dealing with you know anything but but some degree of of social awkwardness for whatever reason. Right. Right. You, you know, but I mean, it seems like you got that. Oh, absolutely. So wait, your so your father was a construction worker? Yeah, owns a little construction company. Yeah, and I had to work. Like I worked for him, like in middle school and stuff. I was like painting shingles and bringing doors all the way upstairs that would with come those up with, guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what, what, how, what the hell did that pan out? Did they treat you nicely because you're yeah. the boss's kid? Yeah, I think. Yeah, you know, there's a gent. My friends from Boston are all pretty masculine dudes, and I think I can fit into that better. Than I would think I would, and they—they're all very self-aware and can laugh at themselves. Yeah, my relationship with people in high school was a little bit more distant. Me being a theater kid in an all-boys school, and I mean, so middle school, you, I thought I was gay. Like, did you? Yeah. And yeah, did you? How'd you figure out you weren't? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't like it. No, you know what? It, as funny as that is, like that seems to be the turn that I would make. Sure, yeah. but I was in middle school, like seventh or eighth grade. You know, like coming into myself sexually. Yeah. At, at, you know, and maybe still. Yeah. Um, but I really never, I never put it together that I was getting nervous around girls. Like when I was around a girl that was pretty, I would, my heart would race and yeah. I couldn't feel my hands. Right. I had never felt that with a guy, but you couldn't feel your hands. Well, yeah, yeah, you know, it got tingly and numb and yeah, yeah, really all that, all that lovely stuff. Wow. Uh, but, um, yeah, I never put two and two together. I was like, well, maybe I'm gay. I mean, I'm doing theater. Yeah. I'm, uh, <laughs> I want to do theater. You know, maybe, may, and, and I have been, uh, one of my darkest moments I remember from like seven, <laughs> this is, this is just, uh, ridiculous. Yeah. But I was, uh, I was doing Honk, the seventh grade musical, which uh-huh. is a musical about, uh, well, it was the seventh, eighth grade musical. I was a seventh grader. I was a seventh grade boy doing the eighth grade musical. Mm-hmm. And I played a turkey that yeah. came out. My big opening number was singing a turkey song. Uh-huh. And there was a rumor around, which is pretty bad in the theater group, mm-hmm. that I was gay. And it wasn't like a good thing. It wasn't like like a middle school, like, oh, we like you because you're gay. It's all inclusive. Were there other gay? Were there, was no, there any, no, there, wa- no there wasn't. Was so it wasn't like a, Not a inclusive school. thing. 
it was that. <laughs> so the rumor was going around that I was gay, and everyone was asking me I was gay, and I was waiting off stage. I was dressed like a turkey, <laughs> and um, and this always like I always go back to this yeah. to trying to realize where homophobia comes from, uh-huh. and then it can actually come from a very like honest and hurt place, and not uh-huh. a malicious one. Uh-huh. And I was off stage, and I had heard the rumors, and someone finally turned to me and said, "So are you gay?" And I like. St- with tears in my eyes, starting to cry, I turned to them and I said, um, it was a girl, and I said, I'm not a fucking faggot. Yeah. And then I walked on stage and sang my turkey song. You said that in an outfit. Yeah, yeah. But I was like so, and it was so, I remember it. It's like, oh, it's so gross that I said it. I said, it was such a harsh and mean thing that I said. I said it so aggressively homophobic, but it was just coming from a place I've, I don't want to be made fun of. I don't want to be Right, it's ridiculed. different. It's different because you were what you were countering was in that moment what you imagined to be what was said about you. So right, it, right, it wasn't, right, right, right. It wasn't your feelings about gay people. It was just to, to meet the, uh, the gossip with the anger that you assumed they were putting at you. Yeah, yeah. Like how could I be that if I think this about them? Right, overcompensating. Yeah, yeah. Like a gay guy. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah, it's very it's a little too defensive. Doth he, doth he protest too much? Yeah. No, I it was very I'm, turkey-like. No, I I mean I I know you're not gay, but it's interesting that you uh you had to deal with that only because of your interests. <laughs> that, yeah. Like it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't that you were attracted to men in any way. You're just sort of like, "Well, I seem to be following all the steps." <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. But you know, now on stage I like to talk about like blowing guys and like keeping it kind of vague. Because I think like, oh, that's that's my little part I can do for the gay rights movement. It's like people people really and fans don't know if I'm I'm gay or not. They really ask me genuinely. They, they don't know. I, yeah. I, I do like to keep it vague on stage because it's like I think a good way of projecting it is like if I don't care about whether I'm perceived, that's that's showing a little gay kid in the audience that I don't. Right. And, and now that you are talking more out of, uh, I imagine, a reaction to... Um, Everybody pigeonholing you as a musical act. Yes, of you course. decided like, uh, <laughs> yeah. well, on my new record, I got some shit to say. Yeah, it's very clear that the, the difference between an internet sensation and somebody who can have a career as a performer mm. is that you know most internet sensations they get you know pushed out there and they do their little thing mm. and they don't they don't have a depth of of craft or or skills or or creativity to continue. Yeah. So, like, it it genuinely seems to me that in looking at what you've accomplished, that you know your internet sensation thing was really just a new way to to have a break. I mean, you yeah. got a break, and and for some reason or another, you're you're a, a gifted performer, you're a bright guy, you were able to build a career around that, which is not what happens. Yeah, in, yeah. In a, well, well, I appreciate that, Mark. That means a lot because I it's something you know I, I understand what that is, and and it's at. There was a point where I was I was angry at myself for having broken through like that because I, I was getting ready to go to NYU so that I could do stand up at night and and do the grind that everyone is. But what, what, what I, I felt the resentment that I had missed. No, in, but what was so? Wait, but wait, let's talk mm, about yeah, that. Yeah, so sorry. In the sense, of, okay, so outside before you did the tape, yeah, you you had graduated high school. Uh, I we mean being when, on, being online. It was it was my junior year of high school. When I all right, so it's your junior year of high yeah, school. Yeah. So your plan at that time. You know, before you made the tape, mm. was what? It was, I mean, I was writing these small songs just in summer theater uh, yeah. backstage. And I was thinking when you I You were could... doing summer theater? Yeah, I was. At, and, uh, where? At, at my school. At St. Okay, John's okay. Yeah. And um, yeah, my plan was to go to New York and then at night start to work on my material and, and refine it. And Not songs. 
Maybe. I don't know. When, I, when the songs came out, my immediate thought was one day I'll be able to put down the music and become a real comedian. And it wasn't until I saw people like Tim Minchin and Bill Bailey and all these people that I was thinking, this isn't... When did you see them? I saw them my, my senior year. I, I saw... After you did the song. On the- after I did the first few songs uh, on the internet. And, uh, and the thing is, what was hard for me going forward is that this material that would have been my open mic material is now the first thing you see when you Google my name, you know? And now that I'm 21, the thing that I wrote when I was 16 are the first things that you see about me. And that, that five years must be the most significant change in mentality. I mean, 16 Yeah, but also, yeah, but I mean, but open mic material, when you're just up there telling jokes and trying to figure out your persona and stuff, you know, that, that's harrowing. But I mean, coming from like a, a long, you, I mean, you were doing theater since you, what, 13? Yeah, yeah. So you know you were you were very comfortable on stage. You could sing. You had this uh, musical ability. So I mean that was your open mic. I mean when you're able to do a song and it's complete mm. and it's whole and you can express yourself thoroughly. I mean that you know you're not really that's not the same. But it was the first things that I had written. The first really the first things that I had written, and I just put them out there, so not I, knowing what in 2006 no one knew what YouTube was. That the idea of even being a YouTube celebrity or like, so why'd you do it? I mean how'd that happen? I like, wanted to show it to my brother and like there were other people. Or you just I, wanted to share it. Yeah, yeah, because at the time the narrative of a of an internet celebrity didn't exist yet. How and many I brothers know you got? It. I have one, an older brother, older sister. Oh, two older ones. Yeah, older brother, older sister. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, and 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 um, but w- once that happened, I, I did try, and I, d- I think this is something that other the internet doesn't encourage, and yeah. I think my generation doesn't encourage, is that when it happened, I really did because I had respected comedy so much, and I had worshipped comedy so much, and dug really? into it. Really, I really have. I really. When did you start having experiences with comedy? Young, probably the same time, around fourteen or fifteen. Who I started were your watching guys? Carlin, and yeah. then like. Around 16, I found Steve Martin, and that really changed. The records? Was, yeah, yeah. That's no really kidding. how it changed everything. Like, when I, when I listened to, like, Let's Get Small and Wild and Crazy Guy, I was like, uh, oh, my God, this is, this is, this is, this could be me. Like, yeah. this isn't, because I was, I was seeing. Because he integrated music in, too, as well. Yeah, and, and even more than that, when I'd seen Carlin, and I was like, well, I'm, I'm 30 years away or 40 years away from ever doing this. I, I, I don't have st- that strong convictions. I, I, I have nothing to muse about. I have no life experience to share. But you're an intelligent guy. I, I find that hard to believe. I think you probably do have convictions and probably did. You seem not precocious, but you're you're certainly an intelligent person. Yeah. You're doing Shakespeare for fuck's sake. Right, right. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I, I don't feel comfortable, though, getting up and asserting certain things, right. at, even at this point. But seeing someone be a bit silly... Uh, undercutting things. I think that's something that's very youthful is like me getting up and sort of, you know, going fuck you to structure a little bit and being wild and yelling and screaming and playing some songs, doing some poetry. And uh, that all seems something that was within, you know, right. my wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, so so when it happened, I, I really did try to take a breath and slow down and realize that I, sh- I, I need to now do the work. The exposure has happened for me Luckily, so out of that, nowhere. So give me the, the, the timeline. So you put the thing up. Yeah. You're 16? Yeah, 16. Just turned And you, 16. who shot it? Myself. I just put a little camera like on a stack of books. And and you, you sang your songs. You did three. I did, yeah. I did two at, at the front. And you put two up. Yeah. And you, you emailed your brother and your family. Yeah. And you told some people at, at, and at then, school or what? No, no. That, that, that was sort of a dead end. It, 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 it sort of stayed around like 100, 200 views. It, it was going around like my school and, and uh, a neighboring school. Yeah. And then it was featured on a site, break.com, which 
uh, is a very big masculine site. Yeah. And um, yeah. And then masculine it got, it in got what a, way? Like it's like guys getting hit in the nuts. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, <laughs> it got a million views in a day. And like I, I think I said this. Um, yeah, the first comment was "Go Go Gadget Faggot" that I ever read on on. Uh, and what was the name of the song? It was about my family thinking I was gay, which, like, I look back and I'm like, jokes aren't great or anything. Um, there's a few okay lines, but it's like, oh, I, you know, at least I started with this thing that was very true and, and, and terrifying for me and something that I was not owning at the time. I really wasn't. That was me owning it. Your family did think you were gay? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I might have been a year past that, but that right. was something I was terribly self-conscious about. Well, well, how does that manifest itself? Like, they're, like, they don't know if you know? And they're sort of stepping around it, or whatever. yeah. I mean, I, I just I, they still say, "Oh no, we didn't." I'm like, "Well, it doesn't matter if you did." But you just felt your dad sort of like, "I don't know." Yeah, I got the kid hammering shit. <laughs> Seems to take to it. <laughs> I'm, I'm making up a character. Your father It's probably more like, "I got him out there hammering shit." Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> He's putting walls up. He played bad, bad football for fuck's sake. <laughs> I did everything I could to stop it. Yeah, it's fucking shit in the bed over there. Yeah. Does he talk like shit that? in the bed? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> shit in the bed. It's like we're And your right? mother was sort of like, did she ever have those conversations like with you? Like, we we want you to know that we love you no matter what. And- no, but there was there was a conversation at one point I think that was like, you know, if you if you like want to watch porn or all these things are not, like I was not being that sexually active my first few years of high school. <laughs> so to have your mother tell you that it's okay to be sexually active when you want to be and can't. It's like the most horribly embarrassing thing. Well, how? I, I, why did I get the impression? That, I mean, you're at a Catholic school. How Catholic were you guys? Not. Oh, not. You weren't brought up with the. Jesus? I wasn't. I, I was a bit. My mother's Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, like new Christian. Yes, like new age. Like we're all drops of water in an ocean. Love everybody. Like the church that we go to. I. Um, I don't go to, but we went to it on Christmas Eve, and the guy got up and was like. This is God's table. You can all sit at God's table. It doesn't matter what sexual orientation or gender you are or what gender you are. Kind of Unitarian-ish. Yeah, yeah. Which is like, I, my reaction is always like, awesome. You know, that's that's wonderful. I mean, it's, there's a part of me that's like, there's just just a little bit further. Yeah. But it's, you know, there's no harm done. And, and, and especially my mother's fucking dealing with death every, every, on, on a massive scale. And for me... You know, from my little, little God can't hurt. Y- yeah, or, you can't yeah. even if you're practical. I mean, you know, like after a certain point, if you're just a you know existentially practical, it's still going to play on you. It's yeah. hard to put that shit into perspective without having some sort of community around it. Yeah, of course, of course. You and were he, never a big God guy. I was when I was young. I wanted to be. A, I wanted to be a priest when I was younger, or or a, or a minister. Minister, yeah. When yeah, I, was younger. Okay. I could see you doing that. But I was just just because I was attracted to talking and people listening. To sure. Me, yeah. You know. Yeah. And did uh, you ever do any? Ministering? In my first video, you can actually see a golden cross around my neck. Really? Yeah. So, did you ever do any uh, ministering? Did you ever get up there? No, and give no. It a shot. No, I did a. I did a. Um, what are those called? Those like youth group retreats or yeah, something yeah. where I sat. In the crowd, and and a and a large African American got up and told and was telling us about how like gays are going to hell, and I I had a feeling whether he was or not that like the guy who was running my group yeah. was a bit effeminate. Uh-huh. I was like, this is miserable yeah. and disgusting. Yeah, and uh, yeah, but but in high school, still some of the most brilliant people I've ever met. A lot of my teachers had dedicated themselves to this. My, yeah. my um. The person that, that ran the theater department there was a brother, was a Zavarian brother. And he, like to this day, is still one of the most inspiring and like... A what brother? Uh, a Zavarian brother. Is that a, a, a sect within yeah, Catholicism? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of and the groups? 
Yeah, yeah. And the, but my Catholic school had like a day of silence for gays where, where people would, you had to come in and be quiet in order for respectful for kids that were closeted and couldn't come out. So it was a very, it was a very strange progressive liberal Catholic school with a gay straight alliance and everything, which again, I'm like, great guys, you guys are, this is wonderful, but you're not Catholic. Like, yeah. Why are you pretend like, well, Catholicism is all about the people. I, is it? Is it really like, I know that it's really beautiful and I'm really glad we're doing this. Well, they got to evolve the franchise yeah, or else yeah. they're going to lose people. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, I mean, it comes right down to that. Either mm. they're going to break away to keep a, a, a flock right, or, or they're just going to you know scare everybody away it, with their Latin and their hell. Right. But it did seem for a lot of those people to come to a genuine, pl- genuine place of empathy for, so, for gay people. You know what I mean? It so was, there was no clergy inappropriateness. It wasn't that no, uh, no. weird. Uh, no, that no, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't that. So that's even another thing that doesn't really fit into the comic narrative. When I'm like, I went to a Catholic school and they're like, ah, oh, I got nah. you, man. I'm like, no, 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 it's a not, not really gay friendly Catholic yeah. school. <laughs> What's wrong with you? You lived in a fairy tale land. <laughs> this isn't real. <laughs> So okay, so you do the first one about the yeah. discomfort of, uh, of your family thinking you're gay, and the second song was um, what? It was about my penis being small. It was terrible. I never played it again. Was that based on truth? Uh no. Okay, yeah, I mean you're a big guy. You shouldn't yeah, have yeah. a small penis. Yeah, fifteen size shoe. So. Yeah, okay, I get it. Um, so that was a <laughs> that was a fake one. Uh, the yeah. first one was based on real issue one in your life, fake and the second one was a dick joke. It was a terrible dick joke that I never played again. And then, uh, you know, they kept going. I found, like, offensive humor, and I was being offensive. There's some things that I'm very ashamed of. What was the third song? Uh, One of them was something I'm... kind of causes me a lot of... uh, Well, okay. It was a series of Helen Keller jokes that was basically like, Helen Keller's the perfect woman. I was 16 and a half. Yeah. And uh, basically just made a bunch of deaf jokes. And, like, it really... Even now... Wasn't she blind? Yeah, also. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, there's some, you know, there's like some gags about like, you know, her reading my acne or something. And uh, like, and, like I've lost sleep thinking about like some little deaf kid, you know, that like. Have, got, you, have you ever gotten any feedback along those lines? I haven't. I haven't. But I, you know, it has like three or four million views. And the idea that there was a deaf kid that like another kid quoted my song to him, made him feel shitty. Quoted it's, to him in sign? Yeah, so, some sort of, uh, <laughs> some sort of. Uh, mm-hmm. That, or, or just you know made fun of a kid but that's out back. there that's an interesting pr- problem to it is out with. there it is out there and and that humor is out there and the best thing I can do is learn from it and, and, and go forward and I was young and I still am young but I was very young at that time high and, school uh, kid yeah I, I mean I was 16 and a half I had no idea really what I was doing but I've tried to you know as the exposure is sort of seemed to take care of itself in this small way I'm not huge I'm not recognized in the street or anything but uh, he must be a little bit. Not, not really, not really. Maybe if you went to high schools. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, on the streets of the halls. In the halls. Yeah, Just go walking through high school as if you need some recognition. But uh, so I've tried to take that step back and been like, now I need to do the work, even well, what, at a what, different level of, of finding my voice. So what happens? So myself. now you got how many millions of hits on the first three? I, I don't know. I, yeah, I, you do. I, I, I really don't. Well, give me a rough estimate, Bo. Maybe a couple million on each. Maybe at the time. No, but I mean now. Oh, now I have like a hundred million on everything. Yeah, it's a lot of. Lot but of... there's only thirteen videos. I mean, you know, there's, there's that's the thing. Like, there's comedians who have made way more videos on YouTube than I have that are not, you know, considered that. I've only made thirteen. I mean, you know, no, I get I it. But, made but one so now, okay, so they're hugely viewed. Yeah. And and what's the decision process after that? So now you're a junior in high school. You got another mm. year to go, and now there's this weird popularity. I mean, when did you start to feel that, uh, or was it the, just that there was a choice? 
yeah coming. yeah i mean yeah well it lasted it sort of and you wanted to go to tish right yeah yeah for acting yeah yeah i was going i got in for like experimental theater i wanted to do uh, experimental theater which is like very physical, and you got in physical theater yeah and uh, so this is so this is coming into senior year it was basically all the same that and um yeah i got um i went to the montreal festival the summer going into college that so I was ready to go after to. you graduated, yeah, you got into Montreal. That's like July. Yeah, yeah. And then I had my Comedy Central presents filming the week before I was supposed to enroll. And wait, so July, you go up to Montreal. Yeah. You're, you're, uh, uh, everyone's excited. You're a new face. You do a new thing. Yeah. Um. Did you? Did Becky represent you? Did he find you yeah, up yeah. there? Uh, no, How no, did no. he find you from he, the internet? Yeah, yeah. My agent Doug Edley emailed me. And uh, how did you have an agent? Uh, he just emailed me. No, no, no. Oh, sorry. He emailed me like I want to represent you at my high school email. He somehow his assistant found you were still my, in high school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then so Doug I, apparently approached Dave. Okay, so the so the video got such a, a a reaction that you were you know you show business was reaching out. Yeah, a few a few people from it. Okay, so you got an agent that way. He sets you up with a half hour for Comedy Central, right? And uh, and it was a week before I taped that I decided that I'll just give this a shot for a year. I was young for my grade. I was a year young for my grade, so I was thinking so I, say, I can defer. I was I can defer f- from NYU for a year, do yeah. this comedy thing for a year, and then next year maybe go back. So how how big was like when you when because like I mean you started out at the top. I mean like when you did your first tour, you were doing theaters, right? No, 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 no. I, I was doing clubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clubs with pianos. Uh, clubs with a keyboard. Bro. Yeah. Oh, you brought your keyboard. Yeah, yeah. And so or comedy clubs. Yeah, yeah. And and how was the reaction? I have to assume it has to be somewhat divided. Yeah, it was. It was weird. It was. Um, st- I, I I was able to. I was playing at that at that time. I was playing up the fact of being a tiny little child saying dirty things. Wink. Mm-hmm. You know, and that you were uh, could 20? buy me some time. Nineteen. I was. I was just turned eighteen. Uh huh. And uh, so this is like. Uh, yeah, the the fall that did I did. Someone have to go with you to the club. Yeah, I mean, at first my parents would come for the first few months, and then I guess 2009, which is when I was yeah, the rest of my 18 year. Yeah, uh, I was alone and uh, just going in the road. So you were you were headlining. Yeah, and so you had a middle act who was a stand up. Yeah, and an opener who was yeah. a stand up. Yeah. So how tense was that? You know, I. I as far as the whole thing has been, I went into it all being very scared of the reaction of people. And for the most part in the whole, people have been incredibly positive and very yeah. supportive. Mm-hmm. And um, there's been a few things. I had a, a few experiences of like knowing the opener well and him telling me that the middle act was talking shit about me when I was on stage mm-hmm. and all that. But, you know, that's going to happen. And, uh, but yeah. Music guy. Yeah, the music guy, you yeah. know, you know, and music is a crutch and everything. I understand that. And I believe that I was doing that at first. And that's why I wanted to move away from it until I found that it can become this really, you know, atmospheric, like poetic device that, that just makes your um, show a little bit more theatrical okay. rather than having a stand up show just set to music. I was trying to create a little one man theater show now. Right. You know? Well, I don't know. Like, see, I don't know that in your case, it's a crutch. As much as it is with with some other people, I mean, because I mean, your form was was songs. You weren't, you know, just holding a guitar, or noodling around on something, yeah, yeah, or or pretending like you couldn't play. I mean, you were, you know, it's like Tom Lehrer. I mean, there yeah, there, yeah, there, yeah. there are precedents set. Alan Sherman. There are people that did that. Yeah, yeah. That that their form there was musical comedy. 
Yeah, and yeah, you come from that yeah, theater background. But there's a certain type of quality of comic song that at some point there's like, well, this wouldn't be as funny if you were just saying these jokes. But then when you embrace the sort of song structure and the idea of, you know, yeah, you uh, write comedy songs. that can only come from like poetic twists, uh, then, it, then it does become an organic and legitimate part of an act, I but think. songwriting. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to describe a bunch of things like comedy and songwriting in long, uh, yeah. convoluted ways. <laughs> but but so, you, but I mean, how long... Most of your show was songs. Like the first album is all yeah, songs. Yeah, the first album is all songs. Now, did you do jokes as banter? I did. I had probably like th- uh, four or five jokes on my first album, which yeah. was like uh, just simple little one-liners. Uh-huh. And then you've got what, three albums or two? I have, I have two. And these are big selling comedy records. Yes. Uh, you know, an oxymoron, but relative in the comedy album world no i mean they they they, and they always sell so you go out on the road so you did the you did a year in clubs right uh yeah i did a year yeah a year and a half and when was the when did the what broke you into theaters a half hour um i don't know i'm still i can still only play theaters in in a few markets like in maybe boston and chicago and la and even then it's like a thousand seat theater I found a year and a half in that there was these these small rock venues that were just sure. which I'm still sort of playing now, yeah. which are uh, basically the same as 400, 500. Yeah, 400, yeah, yeah. 500. You know, and it's like, whoa, you're playing like rock theaters and like, or like my friend Anthony Jesselnik is like playing, you know, six nights at Tampa and he might be selling two thousand tickets there in, you know, over right. You over can the do course. and you can do. And Maybe. I'm just doing one night in right. 500 no, seats. No, it's, so it's, it's, it's you know, an efficient way to do it. And I'm not, play. I'm not playing. So I'm, I'm not playing. I absolutely can't play. And who are your people? My, like, uh, I mean, who are your fans? Are they little girls? Are they? Yeah, yeah. At first, it was, uh, yeah, 16, 17 year old girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, well, you know what? You know what? About the 16 year old girls. At first, I was honestly self conscious about that, and I thought. Ugh, I have these, you know, I, I I loved them. I thought they understood what I was doing in a certain way. Yeah. But I thought to other comics, this is the most illegitimate thing that, that I could have is these young female fans. I want these cool indie alternative comedy fans. I want the fans that are fans of the comics that I am fans of. Uh-huh. But then I found that, like, it's kind of wonderful to have these why should I you, know, you can preach to the choir or you can bring this weird sort of trying to bring this weird progressive skeptical comedy to young kids yeah, and, they, and they come in with a blank slate they have no idea what like when I when I do poetry or stand up or songs or weird they, they they just completely accept that they have no well that's because and, and you, it's really wonderful you come at it with a certain innocence you're not that much older than they are you know the the you know out of whatever depth of your soul that you're going to communicate this stuff with, you're still who you are. Of course. You're not some bitter, fucking dirty old bastard. Yeah, of course. I mean, what? and, and also, you, you must be, they must feel somewhat safe uh, with your material. You're not, you're not menacing. But I mm. do think, whether you're sensitive or not, you seem to be a pretty, uh, uh, you're angry somehow. <laughs> no, yeah, I am, yeah. I mean, I don't, like when I saw you at Green Room, you know, that one song is a very angry song. Yeah. Now, which one was that? Well, that one is a bit... Well, that's about... That was like... It's called Art is Dead, and it's sort of a bit about like... I'm a little bit over that, uh, slightly. But it was about like questioning what I was doing and like the ethics of what I'm doing. And well, it's, Yeah, it's self-examination, but it's sort of a punk rock idea. Yeah, yeah. Just like what... like 
why is this a good thing? Why are we being revered for people that get up and are rewarded and we're so troubled? Oh my God, we're so complicated. We're not complicated. We're children. Mm. We're like small children that haven't... And, and again, and this is oversimplified and I'm, I was speaking for everybody and that's what is definitely were a little you precocious in, about it. But were you, in a sense, you know, fighting your gift? I mean, at a certain point, now this is a realization that I, I did not come upon myself and I always envied, was that... You know, there is something about the community, the communal experience of an audience and performing to generate, you know, feelings of adoration, feelings of reflection, feelings yeah. of love, to be the love object of an audience or to put enough love out there yeah, yeah. to where people have this communal experience. Of course, of course. They, I mean, that's not childish. No, it's not. <laughs> it's really not. You know, and I'm, I was always a very, I feel like a very left brain person. I was always better at math and Which science. One? Okay, you were? And uh, yeah, yeah. And I feel more in tune with that. And that's what I like to read about. So I, I always think like, you know, like, like evolutionarily, why is stand up what it is? Like, what is it doing? Is it a way? F- is it like a way for us to progress emotionally? I guess sometimes it's just this crazy animal thing where we it's get It's a way to get and- girls and you got rooms full of 16 year olds. I mean, you know, evolutionary speaking, the, the drive is to, you know, procreate. So, I mean, charm, <laughs> the ability to seduce. Yeah, but I, I yeah, I, I guess there's a, I think there's a little. So you're wondering part. what your responsibility is. That's not necessarily evolution. You know, what is your well, responsibility? Well, I just, I'm talking about evolution as far as like the evolution of the human species, like whether, you know, we're, our minds are going to go digital and we'll be uploaded to computers and we'll all become weird pan-sexual, non-gendered beings. Is that what you're hoping for? I think. I think that's what's going to happen, right? I, right? You're asking me? Yeah, I'll be dead by the time that happens. Nah, you'll be around, man. Just take your vitamins. Yeah, I mean, I am taking my vitamins. Unless you make they, it, man. Unless they can hook me up to a machine that'll guarantee <laughs> eternal life, which I don't, I find would become incredibly tedious. Who knows? We'll be outside of time and space. You won't even know what tedious is. Oh, really? So you really do noodle around this shit. So you do. That's this is your reading. You're reading science fiction and 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 uh, future projections into the technological nature of things. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a little, I think it's fun and silly and weird and nice to think about. Do you hang your hopes on that? I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, something that's happened for me is like the luckier I've become and the more um, fortunate I've seen my life be. Synonyms. The more I feel like my life is a. a a um it l- could actually be a simulation like i could die and then take off a helmet and i look and it's like the bo burnham 2000 and there's a whole line of people crying waiting to get in line and i'm like a little an- i'm like a little asian boy and i'm like oh yeah. but i miss my i miss my parents and they're like we miss our parents we miss your parents too oh my god because it's like the more i see that like i'm i really do feel a li- so lucky i feel like i'm doing what I really love to do yeah. in, a, in a way that other people aren't. And I feel like I don't even need to, I, I, had a, I have a wonderful family that's very supportive. I haven't really experienced a giant tragedy. And when it does, I know it's going to knock me on my ass. But I, I really do think, is this just, I seem so, what's more likely? What's more likely that I'm this lucky or that I'm living in the future? And this is a, uh, just a small uh, digital projection. Well, well, that's ridiculous, and 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 it's an interesting fantasy. But I mean, there's no reason that you have to assume this tragedy. Why do you feel like you have that coming? I mean, life is difficult. No. Oh no, no, I just but I think the big tragedy for you is you're going to fucking grow up, and 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 I think that projection of yourself is, you know, God forbid you get five years or ten years down the line from now, and you're still singing songs to sixteen year olds. No, that, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> then, then you're gonna you're, then you're gonna be looking back in the mirror at at a guy that didn't emotionally evolve. I have been worried about that since day one, I, I, and that's what I I do want to try to communicate to people is that I I really have been 
working on that and i don't know i don't i don't think i deserve to be i don't think i deserve to be here i don't think i deserve to have these opportunities but no 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 but really but i do feel like for someone that has been put in this position i feel like i have made the right choices and i have you know i i made my first album that worked and sold well and i could have turned around and made another one in six months uh, because I had, I had perfect, I had found an audience, I'd found what they liked, and I and I did something different. I mean, I got up and I, you know, I uh, you know did things about religion or Shakespeare or did tried to do stand up and tried to do poetry. Is it great? Is it where it should be? I don't think it is. I don't think I found my voice. Yeah, but it doesn't sound like you're ever gonna fucking you know just let yourself be. It doesn't sound, I mean that's your that's your comic Achilles heel is that you're gonna beat the shit out of yourself all the way through this thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably and yeah, and it's like. And I, I really appreciate you being very thoughtful with me, Mark, because I didn't—I didn't know you've shown a lot of respect, uh-huh. and that you know—and I appreciate that because I didn't—I I wasn't sure what I was going to get coming in here. I was yeah. very, very, very nervous because I just feel, you know, older comedians, which is a relative, might as well just be comedians. Yeah. Um, you know, have said that. Think I—I I don't know if I buy into that. You know, you need a ten years to be a good comic. I think in ten years I'll be a much better comic and a more legitimate, and maybe just a real comic. But I've heard very a lot that I don't have a legitimate relationship with this thing. That if I'm 21, I can't possibly have a legitimate relationship with, with what with comedy, comedy with comedy. Uh, you're a performer. You know, it's like you, the thing is, is like those rules were created by comics. Uh, you know, at a different point in time, when there was more of a, a that you know you could see it more as a as a team system that yeah. you know you you know you started out as an yeah, opener a, in your home club yeah the club. hierarchy has really been destroyed oh yeah by, yeah by, by, it doesn't exist anymore yeah yeah and and quite honestly you know and I'm a guy that grew up in that it, it, look a performer is a performer and you know and and the, the truth of the matter is for what you're doing which is singing and emoting you know in a funny way and you and you do do it comedically i mean your prime is when it is I, you you know to be as energetic and not to be an old guy i mean the kind of songs you're singing are 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 great for your audience. I mean, the 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 people that you attract to your show. That's when you're building your crowd. I mean, the real trick is is when you have something like you or anybody. This is what I've noticed more than anything else. More than however long it takes you to get where you are, is that once you fucking find your window and you build your audience, how do you grow up with them? Right. Because right. like you know, as a comic, you got what a five or six year window. You build this audience. Usually, it's kids now. You know, you look at a tell or Dane or anybody else, and then ten years down the line, they're going to be married. They're going to not have time to go to shows. Mm-hmm. Their 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 priorities yeah, yeah, yeah. are not the same. You know, so you know, how do you grow up? You know, in public and and continue to evolve your audience and become more sophisticated yeah, with what yeah. you're doing. So your journey as an as an artist or as a performer doesn't have to be relative to this ridiculous system. You know that is now only given lip service by bitter comics yeah, yeah. who <laughs> who no, no, who no. may be the ones who are saying like you know I put in my time Mm-mm. and and usually the ones that are touting that system are not that successful uh, in in general because you know big comedy stars who the hell knows it took you know Louis Black twenty years yeah, yeah. it took Red and Rod Rodney Dangerfield, 30. Yeah. And, then it takes, and then Eddie Murphy was 22 when he did. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's really, what it really comes down to is when you get your break and you're a performer, can you take advantage of it and can you can you build a career out of it? Yeah, yeah. So give yourself a break on that one. Yeah, well, thanks. I, yeah, I appreciate that. But I, I think you're the kind of guy, the, what makes me hopeful is I think you're the kind of guy that is so hard on himself that what you've got in you that I think is really uh, exciting is the possibility of just one performance just like, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. Well, I've had the sense. I've I've really been <laughs> fantasizing about like vomiting on stage or like yeah, get, like getting naked and like putting my yeah, dick still between like my legs. me. Yeah, I, I have fantasies of that stuff. 
<laughs> but like, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to develop. You know, I'm trying to find how in this musical form I can I can be a little bit more. Uh, explore myself a little bit and be a little less uh, tied down by even the physical act of playing the piano. So in my new hour, I've been trying to, my new show I'm working on, I've been like, you know, working on backing tracks and doing like, I do like this weird like duet with my left and right brain where I play both parts and sort of See, I see, see, it's smart for you. Like, this is what I see you doing if I give you some career advice. Is that because of like, when you let go of this, you know, of judging yourself against the the bitterness of of comics and the judgment of comics is that you know you could do a Broadway show. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd love to do that. I would yeah. love to do. I that. mean, I mean, like you know, whatever this is doing, you know, you're 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 building up a lot of performance chops, a lot of experience in performing in in adverse situations, in conditions that most actor uh, actor performers don't perform in. Yeah. And it seems that you're building a way to put together a real musical theater event. Yeah, yeah, that I, could I, have some teeth to it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I would love to do that. But I could also see, I could see, you know, in in ten years down the line or something, wanting to just get up and and do something that seems to be more traditionally stand up. But but there was obviously a very conscious decision on this second record where you're like, yeah, I yeah. gotta fucking do stand up. Yeah, no, no, totally, and no, no, and, and it was that, and it is like. Yeah, you, you're 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 completely right in picking up um, all the defensiveness. Not that you needed a probably a fine tuned thing. You probably just needed to have any any of your five senses um, turned on. But yeah, I, I I moved out here and just kept going up the improv and just doing stand up. And I wanted fifteen minutes of stand up in my. But yeah, it is very it is very silly and it's and still it actually is very derivative of the songs because it is a lot of um sort of. Uh, little quick tw- jokes. yeah, and tw- twists twist, of words yeah, yeah, and yeah. language, you know. So turn a phrase, and I, I, I don't yet have the confidence to get up there and state up an opinion. Well, what if you? Thought or about- I can backhandedly through a joke, but not really. Well, what if you thought of yourself as a character? Well, that's yeah. Well, that I could, I could maybe do that. And, you know, that's something that I really would love to see, you know, happen in America. Is that like, I, I I'm trying to do you know stuff that's a little bit more theatrical and stuff. And it seems in Europe that like you know character comedy and. Um, you know, really comic, ex- in, in music, experimentation is everywhere. I mean, there's concept yeah. albums, there's sure. experiment, and it's very rare in comedy, you know, but uh, like David O'Doherty is this great uh, yeah. Irish comic, and he did a whole hour in Edinburgh last year that was uh, him as like an Arctic explorer, which is like Sgt. Pepper, you know, I mean, he's sure. doing an album as somebody else. But I mean, I'm just thinking that because you seem to live your life through these songs and you find it easier to express your frustration and your situation in in a uh, in a in in an in-depth way that maybe because of your acting chops and you are a theatrical person i mean you don't you know you know by nature like i i think you're more comfortable uh when you when you are able to to sing or perform something Uh, absolutely absolutely and that when you get on stage as a comic you get a little uptight and you want the laughs relatively quick and yeah i'm not myself i don't feel like myself right and you look at at these jokes as almost math equations yeah yeah, you know exactly where this is going to go yeah which is not unusual for joke writing but you seem to be chomping at the bit to uh to to talk yeah yeah <laughs> so you got and right that. now the way my talking is expressed is like in like screaming like i'll just like scream or like i'll like lie on the stage and moan and talk about like wanting to drink bleach or something do you do and, that yeah yeah in between songs just like in between jokes i'll like just oh really start, yeah just like a good way just like just for me to get so you're out. just feeling it out seeing what you can do up there yeah yeah how's yeah. the audience react to that uh i i make it very quick 
you know, and I and I and I try to put it in the times where they where they are laughing. Like if yeah. they start laughing, I'll start screaming about like give it to me, you know, or something, or like. Uh, so you got a lot of fear up there as a stand-up. Yeah, I do. I get very nervous before shows. I'm never. I'm very very nervous before. But music. But what if it's just music? You're not nervous before. Oh song, yeah, huh? yeah, oh, totally, yeah. But like, do you feel like you like? Because for me, it's the opposite. Like, if I'm going to sing, I'm petrified because that to me is so vulnerable. But doing stand-up, I'm I'm not f- afraid anymore. But it seems to me that for you to stand there alone. And, and, you know, waiting for that first laugh, it's hard for you to feel comfortable. I, you know what? It seems... You're it so fucking been... young, too. I, I got to keep reminding myself. Like, I don't know what I'm expecting out of you in the sense that, you know, this is all pretty new to you in some weird way. Yeah, yeah, but... <laughs> no, no, right. And, uh, but but it's it's not always that dynamic because, like, I've been doing sets here the last few days where I've been trying out new songs and doing jokes that I know work. So I'm way more comfortable doing the stand-up yeah. because I know that those are right. going to work and get laughs. Right. And then I'm nervous. I'm like, oh, shit, this, this song's really not anywhere close to where it needs to be. But do you get you can get lost in a song, at least. I mean, yeah, you, you can. But that is the wonderful thing about doing... And like the That is something that is a bit of a safety net in doing songs uh-huh. that the, the rhythm is so much less dependent upon the audience. Yeah. You know, so you don't have to and worry about in, that. you're in, you're in. You're, once the song starts, right, there, I'm going all the way through this song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't stop songs and goes, fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> do you? Yeah. I have. Yeah. But, uh, so what's this show you're working on? Um, yeah. What do you mean poetry? I'm working on a poetry book, uh, that's, uh, going to be sort of like a illustrated sort of, sh- the, you know, Shel Silverstein for adults would be a kind of a weird version oh, yeah? of it, but it's yeah. not dirty. It's just like, this. you like Shel Silverstein? Uh, yeah, I love him. I think he's wonderful. And, um, it's, uh, and my, my friend who's this unbelievable illustrator is, is, uh, doing the drawings for it. And uh, it was just a great thing that when I was working on the show and I started, couldn't do the stand up anymore. And I was feeling like, you know, I was having to write in this little box. It felt nice to just be able to like go to a coffee shop and just like let my mind wander for, you know, weird, weird poetry. Well, how do you feel like I, I, th- I, in your future, I see you being cast in a musical. Uh, I could do that. Maybe. I don't know. I don't think I'm a, gr- I'm not a great singer at all. I really am not a great singer. You don't have to be a great singer at all. A musical. Yeah. I would, I would like to write a musical maybe, but I wouldn't, I would have to write lyrics more than music. I'm not a great composer. Have you thought not about... even a composer. Jesus, I almost said composer. I'm not a composer. But at all. have you thought about storylines for stuff like that? Like yeah, when... I have thought of this idea for musical that was like, it was sort of like open on like a cold, like little town that's all normal. And then all of a sudden it's sort of about, it's about this like disease of musical, sort of like, sort of like zombies spreading yeah. through. And like the People first stare. girl, that, the first girl that's infected runs on stage and she starts to sing and they all look at her and they're yeah. like, what the hell's happening? Yeah. And sort of this musical about, Oh, about musical virus, as a, as a musical disease. virus. Yeah, yeah. I like that. But 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 again, that's that's very vague, and I would have to well, sort of it, nail it, that. Well, down. it'd have to take place in a world without song. Right, right, right. And I would and, like and like a be village. Cool, like, like yeah, a village. that's what I'm saying. It'd be cool, like and like the guy that really hates musical gets up at the court yeah. to speak, and then he's like, "We need to stop this." Oh, and he starts yeah, yeah, singing, yeah, and he's yeah, all terrified. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's great. But, uh, but yeah, that's uh, that can maybe happen. But you know, I, I'm aware of like my limitations with that and, and then, i've like, become but, very aware of my musical limitations but then like, like the like, mayor guy he like you know he has to figure out like he has to go to the scientists in the community to somehow <laughs> create an apparatus to stop his singing yeah, yeah 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 so that makes him sound really weird yeah yeah and she could, yeah it could become a whole world war right. like and like yeah they're being quarantined and everything right. and they're singing like through you can hear right. their muffled singing yeah. coming from the and then they figure out an antivirus for it and they kill the virus <laughs> but then then that 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 girl who first got it decides that she wants to sing yeah, yeah. and then everything then the town realizes like we've been given a gift Mark, and then there's a big finale. Mark, we what? went into this wine to write a song. We just wrote a musical. I know. <laughs> <laughs>
Talk to my agent. I get partial credit on anything from this forward point with Great. the musical virus uh, idea. But, you know, it'd be funny that it, what'll happen is <laughs> that'll appear off Broadway in six months and be like, oh, fuck, I shouldn't have talked to Marin about that. We got to put a... <laughs> That's our idea. Wait. All right. You can have the idea. I'm, Thanks, I'm man. good with that. No, we can do it. But tell me about this, uh, before I forget, experimental theater. So like yeah, yeah. when you were going to go to NYU, because like I see you sitting at a piano and then I see you stand in front of a mic, but like what about physical comedy? I mean, what is experimental theater? Uh, well, it's like um, what we did in high school is people like uh, Grotowski and like uh, there's this Japanese dance, Buto, yeah. which is like this. Uh, you stomp around? It's this dance that happened at like a, and it's really, it's very interesting and mm. sort of informing for me like comically in a way because it was a it was a dance that came out of japan after world war ii and, yeah. and the bombs had dropped and they were like jesus christ the world is fucking ugly and scary and terrifying and mm. why isn't dance reflecting that there's no so it's this dance where they cover themselves in white powder and they do these really like terrifying weird like the greatest buto dancer of all time was the, the founder was like in his height when he was 99 years old because he was like so decrepit and weird and strange and, and that's I, really informed like my comedy of like oh yeah the, you know there's there's such a wide range of emotion and uh you know and, you, and there's such a wide range of experience and expression and it all seems to be in this narrow band of like masculine uh musings and, all right well, well right know. but you know this is a fight that you're going to either you know you know let go of or or continue to judge yourself against <laughs> That like what like the the masculine musings and the and the old. Oh no, comic. I'm just looking at comedy. No, no, I'm just I'm not even looking at myself. I'm just looking at comedy in general. Like, no, I know, but there's you no see, women, you know, like and well, right, but you see it as a fight. A yeah, I mean, you're fighting some sort of fight in your head yeah, against yeah. expectation that yeah, you've yeah. created. Yeah, yeah, uh, either real or not. But what would stop you from you know being uh, having the balls to 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 intellectually understand this stuff and it, uh, mm. this stuff and, and let it inform your comedy like mm. i've never seen budo dancing why wouldn't bo burnham do some budo i wanted to i really wanted i really thought of like well, why can't you do it now I, i've thought of doing that i wanted to do it for like the last when i did the my edinburgh show i wanted to for the last 10 minutes when they were leaving get on stage and do it and uh, i just didn't have the balls and i'm trying to get the balls and i thought i was like ah well i don't want to be indulgent I want to find a way to do this, and I'm not a great. I wouldn't be great at that. There's people that are way better at that, and I would just sort of be using that yeah, form. Yeah, you know, see, so that that's interesting about you because you're young enough, and like, and I can hear, you know, everything that I, you know, have dealt with my entire life is that, you know, you're judging yourself against uh, this this uh, jury that you're inventing, like you're making assumptions about what people think. But you didn't think you didn't think that about no Mark? no 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 I I think that but about it, but, you but you did you didn't think that at first because I thought that you were a legitimate member of that jury at first no uh, my reaction was it's musical comedy it's not my bag you know like I you know I wasn't you know like anyone that, I know what, I know but and, and and but my argument would be it, it that. that you just haven't seen musical comedy that you. Enjoy. I think you would if it no, was no, done it, well it, enough it, for it, you. No, sure. You know? I cry at musicals. I mean, and I, you know, and I, and I like your stuff, but I'm just, yeah, yeah. you know, I was being belligerent, and yeah. my reaction was not relative to, you know, what is or what isn't. It was just that, like, this kid's a flash in the pan. Yeah, yeah. You totally. know, I mean, by the time I saw you in green room and I saw what you did, even though I condescended to it uh, humorously, I mean, fuck, I play guitar. I like to no, sing. No, no, I got you. And and you I know, the you. fact that you were. A together performer you can't deny that but i mean but why would you you know live your life in fear of what assholes like me think because it it really has helped me grow and like i you know the internet has of course but like, you haven't done budo yet i haven't i haven't and i you know so there's places to be but uh <laughs> i uh you know the internet of 
like, of course, helped me in exposing me, but it really helped me as like this comic library of researching people and yeah. And that, that that is the real like huge comic pratfall is that being critical of myself and and hating myself and hating my act and not being able to watch anything, being repulsed by anything that I'm not currently doing, yeah, has made me better. And that's that is a very sure, terrible but, but, thing. But it's but it it, it 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 I get addicted to it. I get addicted to being critical because it makes me better, and that's you, you that's like the to, thing that I value myself by. You know, you like to beat the shit out of yourself. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it makes you better to a certain point. As long as it like, mm. do you find happiness ever? Yeah, no, I do. I, I, and I might be overplaying this. I might just be coming in a little. It might be just because I'm coming in a little self conscious with you. Yeah, and you know, desperately wanting you. You are very. You are at the pinnacle of a, of a thing that I want to impress more than anything else. Well, I'm impressed. You know, you know? I'm already impressed. No, no, no. But yeah, and I just. Uh, so that no, I, I, I may be reflecting myself more critical because I'm like there may even be a sick thing in me that's like well if he tell if I show him how critical I am if I show him how dark and questioning I am then he'll really think I'm a comic you know but no you know, I am happy and like I get on stage I am so when I when I make my out when I try to work on my show like at least this new one it isn't. It's it isn't so much so that I can impress you. I mean that obviously is a huge part of it, but a big part of it is like I work on that hour just so that once a week I can live, I can exist like that. Like being being on stage and existing like that for an hour is like so freeing for because I'm not talking about things. It really is. I am doing this sort of piece, you know, that is a little more fictional and a little less autobiographical and being able to live like that is just like so it does give me such happiness. i'm not i'm not sitting on stage going oh shit that joke didn't work i really i'm trying desperately more and more to like lose myself because i that's what i want more than anything else i just want to be able to get on stage and like forget about everything and just really lose myself that's that that has always been the most euphoric feeling just to like completely lose yourself yeah, in yeah. this weird chaotic yeah. thing that you've that you 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 know, spend all your fine tuning every yeah, yeah, single yeah, beat of this yeah. thing, and then somehow you live in it. Yeah, it's a completely show completely organically. Right. You know. Yeah, and it's not it's not relative to um, the audience validation necessarily. Yeah, well, at a certain point, it just you know, it's like okay, we'll take a it's random a group of strangers and measure my self worth by it, and it's like that, but, but well, that's, I, that's a dead end. That's got to be a dead end. But it's also yeah. a dead end in you know you know making up uh, you know angry comics judging you all the time yeah I'm yeah. just telling you that no no it is it is you're right no no well thank <laughs> because, you because like what i mean what you have on well, this your is side a, well having this talk with you is uh a big step in the right direction because it's facing my fear yeah and realizing that it's not that you don't get dragged down by a bunch of negative nancies <laughs> <laughs> and that's me saying that yeah but uh but um, but what I what, what what you have on your side is youth. You have an amazing amount of talent and intelligence, and that I think that the biggest horror would be is that you start to temper yourself in relation to trying to prove to these this fucking you know maybe visible but mostly man, manufactured uh, jury. Oh yeah, but there's but I think there's also enough of terrible arrogance within me that says the way I'll the way I'll prove to you is by being something that you, you could never do. Yeah, that's what I don't like about you. Y you know. <laughs> but really, you know. But yeah, but only, yeah, but not, not from the fact that like you couldn't do yeah. because I'm more talented than you, but you couldn't do because I'm so young. I'll embrace the thing that seems to be what people hate me for, even if I'm inventing it. I'll embrace the fact that I'm a little bit young, a little bit, yeah, like a that. little bit naive, that's a little better. bit, a little bit, um, uh, a little bit idealistic, a mm -hmm. little bit angry, a little bit wildly emotional. I'll just, mm -hmm. I'll do all of that to the nth degree. So, and, and so that's what I mean by, uh, 
what? yeah that's what that, that that's my reaction to that rather than I, I, rather than cater to you i'll just you know what fuck I, you. this is a strength this look is at a, who i am fuck you yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit yeah you know i no, need i need that i need that's that, good you know? spite is a, a huge motivator <laughs> yeah yeah what have you learned from shakespeare um well shakespeare is um you know it's, i mean uh, do you take it in i mean i know you've, yeah, probably, you've yeah, done yeah. some plays but do you read it and and yeah, get yeah, joy yeah. out of that yeah yeah i love shakespeare i think it's the just his attention to language you know and but it, it, it's it's the same same thing i get from like you know Patton oswald or something of just like absolute he doesn't need any more smoke blown up his ass oh, okay but yeah it's fine tell me what you get from Patton and shakespeare yeah, maybe that was uh, that was that was catering to a comedy nerd crowd if I've ever heard. <laughs> the AV club's gonna love that clip. <laughs> no, it's just an intentional language. The same with Jesselnik. Same with a lot of people. Sure, like, sure. Just yeah. an absolute like, not one word is out of place. Right. You know, and and just an inventiveness. You know, just like, and I just take with Patton, just like little freight, like twat. No, he's great. No, he's like great. very similar to no. Shakespeare's tiny. Yeah, he's. Uh, I, I say it's Rabelaisian. He's very good at sort of lyrical descriptions. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so Shakespeare really informed like uh, my. But again, there's certain people. But like, what about life lessons? I mean, Shakespeare was crunching big, uh, you know, ethical and and uh, moral and 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 uh, familial scenarios that have to do yeah. with power and love. And, yeah, yeah. Do you take that shit in? I I try to, but I I I I um, you know, there's certain people like that I admire comically and people like mm-hmm. Shakespeare or mm-hmm. musically, where I'm like, I can't even say that I'm influenced by them because they're operating at a level so far above me that I can't you know what I mean like I think you'll get there you know? you're, I mean you're still pretty young and you seem to be R- adept right right but it's just like I'm taking in all that right. stuff I, I right. understand that Shakespeare's but I'm like I have I have nothing to contribute in, in, the, in, no, but that, in the meaning of but as smart as you are and, and it's I, you, you're too old to be precocious but and as talented as you are you, you still only have so much wisdom Oh, that, of course. that is a, that is your own so you know oh yeah, yeah you definitely. gotta go out and get dirty somehow so what's this new show well, it's um, it's a mockumentary with um, with MTV. It's about um, it's called Zach Stone's Going to Be Famous, and it's about a kid who's uh, filming his own life, trying to become famous. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, I it's a I'd, character. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd really loved mockumentaries, and you know, I'd fell in love with the British Office. It was yeah. like my favorite show. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to do one, and then mockumentaries were just springing up everywhere, and I was like, oh man, this is seeming like well tread territory. Right. And then I thought, well, what if the you know, what if the what if the camera people were actually there? What if the crew is, you actually felt the crew. It wasn't just the device right. in order to like, you know, right. put voiceovers or exposition in. And what if the person in front of the camera, rather than being like a victim of yeah. the camera was actually, um, in control of it. What if he actually had control was directing his life. And so it's basically a kid making a reality show where the enemy is reality. And it's sort of a way for me to address probably the one thing that, if you, you know, when you talk about my wisdom, I, I know I lack all of that. And, and, and many things but Not one thing I do it. think I have uh, Jesus you're so dramatic <sighs> no, I'm just hyperbolic alright I'm just uh, you know a little reductive okay anyway so I know I'm the biggest piece of shit in the world but <laughs> I uh, I I uh, <laughs> <laughs> but one thing I do think I know is like what we're doing to children like what 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 the world of fame and and this sort of new hierarchy uh, that's like the show is sort of conceived a bit in in reading something that said that we they asked graduating high school seniors what do they want to be when they grow up uh-huh. and forty percent said famous that was the biggest answer right. like doctor was second right and just this sort of world that we're bringing children into where like girls are more self conscious and terrified than they ever are and then the older people say oh these girls are so fucking slutty what are they doing now and it's like they're damaged terrible ruined people that have like are overstimulated and like 
constantly surrounded by people more beautiful than them. Yeah. They have magazines that are telling them, that make them hate themselves, that are promoting musical artists that then sell songs that say, I love you in them. Do you know why all these songs about like, I love you, I love you are selling so well? Because these girls need that so desperately because they feel fucking hated by everything. And, you know... That was some of the impetus for doing this character? Yeah, just, just to doing a show about like, how fame is... This kid's going to be trying to be famous and fame is the enemy and that you, we need to sort of realize that... And again, I'm... The whole point is that it's hypocritical. I, I think of it as like a no, documentary about heroin addiction by a heroin addict on heroin at the time. I, but, but no, I don't know that that's true because like it seems to me that you've got a character there and that what you're you're trying to do is gut fame uh, as you sort of move through this character is sort of uh, humbling. That you know he's immature yeah. and and he's trying to you know pursue this this great payoff of everyone knowing him, right. but along the way he finds out that it's really the smaller things in life exactly. in and of itself. So yeah, I mean yeah, that's great, that's great, that's great. Because I mean I heard some of that anger in that that song about art and about everything else. That in a general way you're you're concerned with the culture of distraction and spectacle and you think that 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 kids and even adults are being denied you know real sort of human experience yeah real fr- yeah and, and like choice and, and free in pursuing what they love and relationship they're taught, yeah they're taught to love they Garbage. genuinely love bullshit they yeah. genuinely love uh and, and that and that for me has sort of been like my experience with comedy and uh in that like at first i was trying to I felt like I was just trying, you know, just trying to be famous. I was generally just trying to be famous and then trying to be, you know, respected and all this stuff. And I'm trying to land a place where I'm now, I think, just really trying to be a good person. Like, am I going to be able to? And that's a hard thing. I don't know what well, your no, experience that with Marty, but like, I'm trying to find is is this stage a play? Can it make me a bit? I know it can make me more successful, and I know that maybe being successful can make me more happy. But is, can I be? Can this make me feel good about myself? Well, you're very raw nerve, you know, so, but, and also like there was a, you know, theater played an important role in community that, yeah, the one thing that you get, not, not just from mockumentary, but being a live performer with the type of sentiment you have is that the experience of seeing a live performer, you know, especially one that's, you know, confronting the issues you're talking about it it, as a communal experience is powerful. I mean, you know, it definitely. Yeah, speaks. yeah, totally, totally. You know, I, I mean, it seems like you, you've definitely got the. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you seem to have this interesting mixture of uh, of anger, frustration, and and some human righteousness, you know, and, and concern for young people. That I mean, it could be great. I mean, I, and I think you know that you have the power if you, you know, all those girls came to see you to begin with. That you have the the heart. You can get the hearts and minds of young people. Yeah, because yeah. you are one. Yeah, I am one, and I and I. And, and you're just, blowing minds by framing this shit differently, by making those kids question exactly what you're talking about. You know, what is it that you want to be and why? And, and, it, it, right, and right. look how shallow it is. Right, right. And look how empty it is. Right. And it's hard and it's a struggle for me because I, sometimes I feel like when I do my shows and then afterwards the girls are coming up, 15-year-old girls shaking. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, fuck, am I, I you know, I'm, I feel like I'm playing both. I'm trying so desperately to not do this, to demystify everything, you know. And yeah, but I, some of your songs do that. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, you are blowing minds in the sense that you're framing things, you know, intelligently in this way. Uh, you know, musically, but I mean, the message of those songs, outside of them being crushing on you, that's different. But I mean, if they're singing the songs or they listen at home, you mean, I think most people's experience with music does, if they're thinking about your words, I mean, the message is getting through. You're not going to be able to stop them from, you know, 
you know, not knowing what to do with their sexuality. You don't want to stop no, no, that. No, 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 of course. Of course. No. <laughs> it could stop with me. Uh, but yeah, it just, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's just a give and take of like, man, are you, are you contributing to this celebrity Oh my thing, God, you're you know? so fucking hard on yourself. It's good. I appreciate it. I didn't know this about you. It makes me like you more. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you say you don't have pain, but you know, one of the classic, you know, dispositions of a, of an artist is that, you know, I'm, I'm a fraud. You know, it's not, nothing's good enough. I should just quit. I'm a fucking asshole to think I can do that. That's all straight up stuff. Straight up creative person stuff. Well, Mark, um, this is uh, this is great. I thank you for being, uh, for having me and being uh, sure respectful. And um, can we play that song? Oh man, you definitely man, do what you want. Do you like that one? Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, that one's a good one. I I like it. it resonates oh, thanks, with man. me. Well, thanks, man. If you want to play it, I I'd, I'd be. Yeah, of course. All right, thanks, Bo. Thanks, Mark. This next song, honestly, is not funny at all, but uh, it helps me sleep at night. Art is dead. Art is dead. Art is dead. Art is dead. Entertainers like to seem complicated, but we're not complicated. I can explain it pretty easily. Have you ever been to a birthday party for children? And one of the children won't stop screaming, because he's just a little attention attractor. When he grows up to be a comic or actor, he'll be rewarded for never maturing, for never understanding or learning that every day can't be about him. There's other people, you selfish asshole. Must be psychotic, I must be demented to think that I'm worthy of all this attention, of all of this money you worked really hard for. I slept in late while you worked at the drugstore. My drug's attention, I am an addict, but I get paid to indulge in my habit. It's all an illusion. I'm wearing makeup, I'm wearing makeup, 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 makeup. Art is a dead. People think you're funny, how do we get those people's money? Instead of art is a dead, we're rolling in dough while Carlin rolls in his grave, his grave, his grave. The show has got a budget, the show has got a budget, and all the poor people, way more deserving of the money, won't budget, cause I wanted my name and rights. When I could have fed a family of four for 40 fucking fortnights, 40 fucking fortnights. I am an artist, please God forgive me. I am an artist, please don't revere me. I am an artist, please don't respect me. I am an artist, feel free to correct me. A self-centered artist, self-obsessed artist. I am an artist, I am an artist. But I'm just a kid, I'm just a kid, I'm just a kid, kid. And maybe I'll grow out of it. That's our show. I hope you dug that. See, the kid's all right, isn't he? Please go to WTFPod.com. Get yourself on the mailing list. Get yourself some merch. Get yourself an app. Check out all the episodes we've done. Kick in a few shekels. Do whatever you want over there. Leave a few comments, but try not to be an asshole. 
And, uh, yeah, this uh, this Thursday got Craig Finn from The Hold Steady. Also, Tony Clifton went backstage during a rehearsal at the Comedy Store, got to talk to Mr. Clifton for about 15 minutes. That will also be a supplemental part of Thursday's show. And, uh, and what else? You know, it's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful weekend. Again, if you're taking this weekend to... Uh, to memorialize or to, to to grieve or to put things into perspective around people you lost and uh, in any of the wars that uh, that have been fought here and other places. Uh, my heart goes out to you. Also, R.I.P. A stray feral kitty. I did what I could. Seemed to be the best thing to do. Um, but I'll remember you. Where's my cat? Boomer. Hey, Boomy. Anything? 